John Goal is the man who had people saying aye to Achille Pie. But now the managing director of Browning's The Bakers is ploughing his dough into Darville. Crowned World Scotch Pie Champion in 2017, John is now targeting silverware at Recreation Park in the coming seasons. The likes of Ian McShane, Jordan Kirkpatrick and Ross Perry have signed for the team bossed by Mick Kennedy. And last week they turned on their brand new floodlights, built as part of the requirements they'll need if they're to continue rising up the leagues. But the lights then went out on their promotion hopes just a few days ago, after the West of Scotland league campaign was declared null and void. We'll hear John's thoughts on being left in the dark, and whether he feels this season has now been a complete waste of money. We'll also ask John about claims he's buying success, and find out just where he wants to take the club. Then we'll look back at his previous involvement in football at Kilmarnock, and try to find out just what the secret is to that baking success, which goes all the way back to 1945. That, plus Des Roach's roundup. If it's bread and butter football you're looking for, then you've come to the right place, as we go down the divisions. Good to have you along as we take a look at Scotland's lower leagues. Well, we're recording this on Wednesday night, just a few hours after the West of Scotland League issued their statement, the season would be no more. We'll talk about that shortly. And at short notice, we've also got their new fixture secretary, Kenny Young, on to give his input. But first, a quick word for our sponsors, media agency 44 Creative. Not only do they have photographers, graphic designers, videographers and video editors to help promote your content, brand, organisation or event, they now offer website services too. They make creation personal and they'd love to hear from you. You can find out more at www.44creativehq.com and we'll include that link in the show's description on your podcast player too. Back to the show and please do keep the comments and suggestions for guests coming. If you're a club in the lower leagues looking for more exposure, we'd also like to hear from you. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can contact us through Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Hi, I'm Craig McEwen. I'm the St. Caddocks manager and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Darvel chairman John Gore is on the show this week. Before we speak to John, we've got the Down the Divisions decider. We'll give you four clues for a particular club from League One down, then reveal the answer at the end of the show. So this week, I'm looking for the club who has the same nickname as a type of car. They had a season in the 1970s where they went unbeaten on their way to winning the league. They won the Scottish Junior Cup for the first time in 2014. And then in the following season, they lost a penalty shootout 13-12 in the Scottish Senior Cup. We'll reveal the answer at the end of the show. I'm Chris Jardin, first team coach at Dolbeatty Star. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Well, John, that's the, that's the season over. Uh, how do you feel about it? Yeah, well, it is what it is. You know, um, we've just got to face up to it and look forward to next season. Um, you know, that's just one of these things. Nobody, anybody could do. We can't play two games a week from now to the 
end of the season or whenever it would start. It's just not enough time to do it. So I think we could all just regroup again and get ready for next season. I mean, you, you look at the kind of everything that you've put into this season from the start of the season. Is, is there an aspect that, I was going to say, has it been a waste of money? Waste of time? No, I don't think so. You know, um, we've still got a bit of the season out. Uh, yeah, we had no fans and it was a bit hard in the pocket. But, you know, we've, we've got fundraising activities within the club that help the club keep going. Um, it's just one of these things, you know. It's, you know, what do we do? There's nothing we can do. It's really out with the Scottish Football Association. It's the government that's making the decision and we just have to... Um, there's no point crying about it. We just need to go on with it, you know. The guys behind the scenes who... Like Kenny, the secretaries, the fixture secretaries, and you know the match all these type of people in SA, they've got a very, very difficult job. But it means now that they can focus on next season, and uh, let, let's see what's going to happen now. Yeah, you mentioned Kenny Young. Uh, I'm delighted to say uh, the now newly confirmed West of Scotland fixture secretary, after his uh, interim position uh, was confirmed recently, uh, Kenny Young, he, he joins us now. Uh, thanks for thanks for being with us, Kenny. No problem, Gareth. Uh, you were with us five weeks ago and, and you weren't wanting to throw in the towel then. I guess things have kind of been taken out of your hands a little bit since then. Would that be fair? Aye, that would be fair. Uh, at the end of the day, we're, we're governed by the clubs and the clubs had wanted to play and we wanted to try and get that done for them. We wanted a full season. It was obviously we weren't going to get a full season. So we then looked at Plan B, which is getting half the season. And obviously, when you we want to, you want to win a league uh, on merit. Uh, and the best way to do that, we decided, was that every team in the league would play every other team in the league. And that would get us to the 50%. And we could then look at declaring the season over and go with points per game but I looked at the fixtures that we needed to fit in to get to that point and I needed 10 match days before the 22nd of May because that was the date we were given that the leagues would need to be declared to allow for the promotion playoff. Now that's 10 days. Now the way I looked at it, I didn't want to start pushing clubs. It's been a hard enough season for them. I didn't want to start pushing clubs into playing Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, or Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, like you see the League One and League Two are going to be doing. And I thought it was going to be too much to put that pressure on. And we looked at the dates that we needed to give them a Wednesday, Saturday, uh, fixture list and that date would have been the 17th of April now the the statement that was made yesterday, uh, uh, Tuesday was that there would be no contact training until the 17th of May so that's just six days left for everybody to get their pre-season in and play 10 games so I think you can look at that and say, we're just not going to get it. 
So instead of waiting until uh, we had given a deadline of the 3rd of April and then we'd make an announcement, but when it became clear that we're not even going to get, you know, that, that light at the end of the tunnel was taken away from us as well, then there were no point in us hanging about and keeping the clubs in limbo. And we just decided, look, guys, that's it. There's nothing we can do as much as we would like to. From what you hear there, John, is that is that a fair comment? Do you think hard to argue? Yeah, very hard to argue. Um, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm always been in the belief that you know we will do um, whatever the the league decide, and if they've decided to do that, you know, there's no point in getting into arguments about it all. Um, just the league's made that decision, the committee's made that decision, and let's go with it. Yeah, I mean, if if the league had said to you that they wanted to to force you to play, make you play, you know, in a kind of a schedule like Kenny was suggesting there. I mean, I guess you you could look at your squad and if there was anybody capable of doing yeah. it, you could have done it. But even then, with, with players who are some some players part-time, you've got the physical aspect, haven't you? They've not had a pre-season. Very difficult. Yeah, yeah it's very difficult. But, you know, if, if, if you were to, of all the clubs, if you were, of all the clubs were to be told that they were playing Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, you know, they would have looked at it and said, look, that's just not possible, guys. I mean, how does this leave things for, for next season now then, Kenny? Because I know when you were on five weeks ago, you said there might have been an issue with that. Well, um, the, the first thing we've got to look at is obviously the Premier Division has gone back to a 20-team league. Uh, so that's got to give me 38 league games to fit in. And the extra problems coming in, we will have a West of Scotland Football League Cup to factor in at some point. Uh, the teams that do get a licence, they'll be entered into the Scottish Cup. So there's uh, and the, the um, South Challenge Cup will be there as well. So there's a few things that we've got to look at. Now, obviously, with the, the, the 38 league games to come in, I'll be hoping that the clubs will be that desperate to get started playing football when we do get the nod, that we can start the season a bit early. Uh, and, I, and I'm also hopeful that by the time that comes about, even if it is limited numbers were allowed, then we'll still get some fans back in at that point. So I'm hoping we can get an early start uh, and that will help us uh, get to where we need to be for the following season, because that is that is the most important part of it all. We need to get into the situation where we have linear leagues, where we've got a Premier Division, and then we've got a Division 1, 2 and 3. Kenny, for, for next year, obviously a, a lot of the teams from the east of Scotland had applied to come over to the west, but now reading uh, last week that they've now been told they have to go to the, the, the east of Scotland. Is there many more teams going to be proposed to come into the, the West League? And how does that leave the conferences for the, the teams listening? Uh, obviously, this season we were going to go back to the original draw from last year. Is that still going to be the case, even if new teams come in? Or, or you may be telling me new teams are coming in? No, it was... Uh, the last thing we did was we put out uh, something on the website for the teams to express an interest in joining the West of Scotland Football League. 
Now, at that point, we did get, I think it was 17 replies. Now, obviously, some of them came from the East of Scotland uh, juniors. And we had discussions with the East of Scotland League. And we felt it would be better, you know, that we would look at a boundary. And we decided that the teams that are in the East, i.e. West Lothian, across they should be pointed in the direction of the East of Scotland League. Any teams f from that boundary west, then they'll be pointed in the direction of the West of Scotland. The only one there is Hart Hill, because they're actually sitting right on that boundary line. They're, they're based in Hart Hill, which is uh, North Lanarkshire, but their ground is actually across the, the, the line and, and that's in West Lothian. So they've applied to the West of Scotland, so we will look at that. Uh, the other teams will, will, will now put, put out the application form and we'll ask the clubs to contact us and we'll see where we go from there. But the main thing that we have decided uh, is that the, 60, the 67 teams that were or are already in the West of Scotland Football League will be protected. Now, when we, when this uh, pandemic hit us, we gave the clubs the option of withdrawing without punishment. So therefore, we cannot punish any team uh, because we are moving on to the same system as we, were, we intended to have at the start of the season. And, and by that, I mean that no team will finish any worse off than they would have been if we had got started. So that means that if you finish as the Team 67 out of 67, you'll not be relegated anywhere. You will still be Team 67. So you will be in the third division. If there's any teams coming in, they will not be able to be promoted straight into the Premier League because that would take away the promotion places in the three conferences. So any team coming in, if they did win that conference, if we did allow a conference them to join the conference, then they wouldn't be able to be promoted into the Premier League. And they will only be able to move up the standings uh, that would cause one, uh, any of the teams to fall down the standings, if you get what I mean. We would ideally would like to have enough to start a fourth division. And if that happens, that's all good and well. And that fourth division there will be one promotion place and that would allow us to then balance the three leagues with 16 teams in each league. Or uh, No, the, the third division will have 19 teams but that will take us to 20 and it will give us an even number across the three leagues. So so I'm slightly confused here, Kenny. So is that, are you talking about the conferences for next year or are you talking about the following year when we go into the linear leagues? The conferences for next year will be the conferences we aim to start with at the right. start at the start of this season in August. Now, obviously, we couldn't do that. So we will get back to those conferences and we'll get back to the Premier Division. But that this season coming in, you're playing for your place. You're playing for what division you're going to finish up in. Right, yeah. And you will not be overtaken by a team that is a new member. Right, okay. okay. So you, you, if you were going to finish in 
uh, Division 2, then because there's other teams coming into the conferences, they'll not be allowed to get into conference uh, to League Division 2 because that would then mean that they are overtaking clubs that are already yeah. there. So, they all, so when he goes into linear leagues, they'll be in the bottom division? They, they'll still be in the bottom division. We're going to protect the 67 clubs that joined this league to start with, and that's how we've got to work it. And any club coming in will be advised that that's how it will be, and it'll be up to them whether they, they decide to take it forward or not. Do you think that's fair, John? I mean, there's, there's a lot of discussion, wasn't there, about teams pulling out and everything. Do you think that's, that's kind of a, a good way to go for the league? Yeah, I think it's the only fair way you can do it. It's very tough on the team who wants to come in, but, you know, if they want to move leagues, um, even if it's like an amateur club that wants to come into the, the equation, they have to start at the bottom. Um, I was actually against uh, the likes of Bonneton, um, been straight into the Premier League last season. I didn't think it was right. Um, but it happened and, you know, I, I, who's, who am I to make the decision on it? The decision is made at the committee meetings and hats off to them all. They've got difficult decisions to make. So I, I'm not going to argue about anything leaves. And, and if they tell me that, by the way, John, I've just decided Darrell should get promoted at the end of this season. I am not going to argue with you, Kenny. Just you do what you think, mate. That's fine with me. But yeah, if you come into the league, you've got to start at the bottom and work your way up. It would be the same if it was an amateur team, because they are coming from below. They would have to start at the League Four, um, or whatever you call them. Um, is it the third league? <laughs> I don't know what you call it. Is it but whatever they're called, it's League Four anyway. Um, they would have to start at League Four, and uh, that's quite well, right. Yeah. We've decided to call them divisions, uh, because... It's going to be West of Scotland Football League Division 1, West of Scotland Football League Division 2, and West of Scotland Football League Division 3. It wouldn't, it wouldn't ring very well, it wouldn't uh, go very well if it was West of Scotland Football League League 1 and West of Scotland Football League League 2. I think it sounds better if you go League Division. So yeah. that, that's why they're going to be called Divisions. Yeah. Um, but uh, you get like, one, two, three. Yeah, they should start. But, at three. I, 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 I agree with that. But um, yep. there, there's there's nobody going to come into the the setup that we already have and benefit by being able to leapfrog somebody. And, yeah. and just and just to confirm, then, so we will when we go into the actual leagues, it will be Premier Division, First Division, Second Division, Third Division, four leagues. Yep. Excellent. Yep. That's great for clearing that up. Kenny, I appreciate and, and that. If it, and if we get enough applications, it'll be a Division 4 at the bottom end of that. Just before we let you go, Kenny, obviously you started the season with the best of intentions, um, hope to finish the season, hope to have winners at the end of it. Is there any part of you now that sits here now regretting the fact that you, that you, you did that? I know hindsight's a wonderful thing. Hindsight's brilliant, aye, uh, and we could all sit back and we could all point fingers and say, oh, I told you so, and oh, I knew this was going to happen, and whatever you get, but at the end of the day, we are uh, a members-run association, and the members took a vote on it, and they decided they wanted to play football, and the only thing we can do is try and facilitate that. That's all that we have been trying to do right the way through this. Um, 
we, we get that people have got different views and different understandings of what needed to happen to allow us to play. But at the end of the day, it was the teams themselves that made the choice. Nobody forced them to play. If they had decided way back in September that we were going to just uh, scrap it all, then we would have scrapped it all. We'd have been sitting here waiting and uh, an announcement coming out to get us to start playing football of some sort. But the clubs voted. The clubs decided they wanted to play. And given everything that was, you know, it was all laid out in the line. Everything was explained to them. There's no got to be promotion. There's no got to be relegation. The only thing you're going to be playing for is a trophy. Your, t- your, your team will be supplied with medals for your players. And at the end of the day, that's it. But do you want to play that? And they said yes. So what else are we going to do? We're going to go with what the members asked us to do. Simple as that. At the end of the day, the Western Scotland League is very, very strong. Very, very strong teams that are in it. Uh, the Premier the Premier Division. And I can see in a few years' time, say five years' time, I can see five of these teams been in the Lowland League. You know, you're rocking leg. I'd like to hope it's Darvo. Uh, Clyde Bank go winning, Irvin Meadow, Pollock. Uh, and I think these teams will all definitely move on up into the the Lowland League and what a league that will be then, you know. So uh, it's, it's, it's onward and upward. It, it's, it's brilliant, everything that's happened in the pyramid. It's been a fantastic um, thing to happen to Scottish football and, it can, and it's only for the better. It's very hard for the decisions that Kenny and his team have got to make just now, but they've got to think about the teams, the 67 teams who came from the juniors into the West of Scotland League. And I think he's quite right that they've got to look after them. But it's going to be, uh, it's, at the end of the day, it's brilliant for Scottish football, right through. I think we've also got to, to make it clear that there, I, know, I know there's a pandemic, but there, there is a, maybe a wee bit of an upside to the fact that teams were only playing. Uh, because see when you look around, see the improvements that teams have been making. And some of the things that have been happening at the clubs are absolutely tremendous. You look at Blantyre, Victoria, the, the improvements they've made at their part. Maybow, the improvements that they've made at the park, they went to Motherwell and got some seats and they've been putting them in their, their, their stands. It, it's, it's things like, like that that maybe wouldn't have been able to happen because teams have been too busy playing games and organising games. So there is maybe a wee bit that you could say is, is something, you know, that you could say is an upside to it. And then you look at you, you look at teams like Sadarvo, Cowinan, and uh, Irvin Meadow, etc. They, they, they went out there and they've got things in place uh, and, and they should be able to get their license very soon. And, and, and if it doesn't happen for them this season, then it's going to be a plus for them for next season. So the, the things, and it's like I say, it's not just the clubs that are going for their license that are doing amazing things at the moment. It's clubs right the way through. And, and and I think it's hats off to these guys for for what they have done, and I think that the West the, the West of Scotland Football League is going to be without doubt is going to be the biggest thing, and 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 Scottish non-league football. Yeah, definitely, Kenny. 
One final thing from me, Kenny, obviously with, with, with teams coming in, is there some kind of criteria in terms of ground if, if you're looking at kind of bringing in the amateur teams? Because I obviously come from amateur football myself and I think it's a great way to, you know, get teams that are really ambitious because a lot of amateur, you know, really ambitious amateur teams out there that quite easily compete in, in the lower divisions of junior football. Is there any kind of criteria they would need to have in terms of they wouldn't just be playing at Sports Centre 3Gs every Saturday? Would they need to have their own facilities or look at ground sharing? No, uh, don't get me started in ground sharing, please. My, my, <laughs> my fixture headache is, en- is enough without uh, contemplating any more ground sharing, I can assure you. Uh, no, there, there is a criteria. Uh, obviously, we can't just have teams rocking up and playing in a public park. Uh, where every, anybody and everybody can walk in and walk about the place. There, there's, there is a criteria. We've got to have dressing rooms, uh, proper facilities, spectator barriers, all these kind of things have got to come into play. And, and if a team is progressive, then they might already have that there. But if not, if they can show us that they will get it in place, then we, we will look at it. What they need to do is they'll fill in their application form. That will be looked at and uh, a site visit, if you like. Uh, we'll, we'll, somebody from the, the west of Scotland will go and have a wee look around, make sure everything is there that they say should be there. Uh, and if not, we'll, we'll put them uh, in the right direction to get what they need. But... Um, if they pass what we consider to be the proper criteria, we will then take it to the AGM and ask the members to vote them in. And again, it's back to this, it's down to the members whether they accept them or not. Kenny, it's been a, it's been a challenging first season for you with the West of Scotland League, I guess. If you can get through this season, now you can get through any season, but uh, we wish you well for for what comes next and uh, thank you very much for coming on it's at uh, such short notice as well tonight I think if I can get through next season I think I'll retire <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll leave it I think I'll leave it no it's uh, it has been challenging but it, it's uh, it's been very challenging for all the clubs and my hat's off to everybody whether they took part in the, the games or whether they had to sit out I, I don't care my hat's off to them and my hat's off to everybody uh, involved in our level of football uh, because I, I just love the game and and that's why I'm here I'm here because uh, I love the game and I think I can contribute to the game so well, you've certainly, uh, we've certainly appreciated your, your contribution tonight. Um, so thanks again for coming on, Kenny, and we'll uh, no doubt chat soon. No problem. I think you, Anything, do, a, I think you do a grand job, Kenny. Um, but please stop texting me on a Saturday night. You say, John, what's the Darvel score today? You've not texted me at in yet. I'm going, come on, Kenny. You, find, you know fine what the score is. But, uh, <laughs> I, I think you still look quite a bit in fines for no sending me a Oh, day, yeah, yeah, all right. Okay, well, okay. <laughs> Remember, have a wee box sitting to the side so as I can take away him with me. All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All the best, Kenny. Right, cheers, guys. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks, Kenny. Cheers. Sean, was it ever confirmed to you or, or any of the Premier League clubs that there was going to be this playoff promotion place into the Lowland League anyway? Because I remember at the beginning of the season, he did kind of intimate that 
if there was any interruption to the season, then that decision would be probably taken out of the hands anyway. So do you think there would have been a promotion or, or a playoff game at the end of the season for you guys anyway? Yeah, we, we were still looking for a playoff place at the end of the season, um, you know. But uh, we can all say what we want now, but the, the season hasn't finished. And uh, we have to look forward and, and, and not look back on it all, you know. So, you know, we were we were spent a lot of money and the main reason was to get promoted. Um, and we had a few hiccups along the road this season. But, you know, if you ask the players, they were all up for it, ready for it, and they were determined to get promoted. You mentioned you spent money. I mean... <laughs> I guess, uh, as I mentioned at the start there, you've put these floodlights in, which look look superb. Um, I guess that was also with the aim of of going up, you know, this season, yeah. to have all the, the parameters in place so, so that you, 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 knew you couldn't be refused entry. I mean, yeah. there must have been a lot of money, a lot of stress yeah. uh, that comes with it. And, and now to just know that it's, you know, it wasn't needed quite as yeah. urgently as it turned out. It was, is that a bit of a kind of a, a letdown, if you like that way? Uh, yeah, it is a bit of a letdown. But the main thing is, you know, we've got confirmation now from the, the SFA, that uh, the License Committee, that we're uh, fully compliant for the entry level, um, which will go forward to the meeting on the 31st of March uh, for us to be a licensed club which is very important to us, which means entry into the big Scottish Cup next season, as it stands at this moment. Um, I hope they don't change the rules again, you know. But, um, um, you know, that, that, that was one of our aims, is to get into the big Scottish Cup. And, you know, that's, that's fantastic for a club like, like Darville Football Club, ex-junior, to get into the Scottish Cup. And be up against, you know, the best. And you never know, could it be Darville against Kilmarnock one day in the big Scottish Cup? That's the the dream, is it, John? That's the dream. Oh, that's, that's, uh, you know, at least uh, no matter where the game will be played, I'll be supplying the pies that day. (laughs) Needless to say. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Paul, are you going to come in? Yeah, just coming back to all the work you've done at the club, I remember going back now, maybe, maybe it might even be a year and a half, two years ago, when Darvo put out the new dressing rooms, and I think one of your players had come out and said, you know, they're better than Hamden and better than, than Rangers and, and Celtic. Yeah. And how key was that to the club? Because from a marketing point of view, I mean, that went absolutely viral. Yeah, <laughs> it, went, it went crazy when we done it. I remember Mick saying to me, she's joined the dressing rooms are not good enough. I said, what's wrong with the dressing rooms, Mick? You know? And, uh, and then, of course, we had a spare bit of ground behind it. We built it on it. Made these fantastic... Um, we never... We the home dressing room. And, the, you know, the selling point was uh, a plug point for your phone. So when the players are out in the park, they come back after the game and then their phone's fully charged, you know? So that was the laughs we had about it. But, yeah, it's fantastic. It does sell the club when we bring the players in and we say, wait, wait till you see this. And other opposing teams have been in. And uh, there is a couple of times the away team have kind of walked into their own dressing room. They've walked into ours and goes, oh, guys, get out of here. You're in that wee hole round the corner, you know. <laughs> but we, we have, uh, I've doubled the size of the away dressing rooms in the summer. 
Um, so you know, we've we'll, we'll, we'll looked we're looking after the way team as well. You know, we still don't put the heaters on for them. You know, but in the in the hot water, you know. But uh, they've got nice dressing rooms now. But of course, they've not been used yet because there was no dressing rooms were allowed. So, but we've got all that to look forward to next season. Um, the break, you know, we've got the floodlights in. Um, we've got a few investors into the club. We've got we've got. Uh, an American guy who's very generous to us every season, and he's we got an email from him last week again just to say, Great, I'm watching the Facebook page, I can see the floodlights going up, things like that. And now we've made a decision this time last year, we made a decision to do a lot of work in the park, and we spent quite a lot of money about 20 odd thousand pounds in the park. And then when it hit the rainy months again, it just dug up again. So while we were putting the floodlights in, the diggers were on the park. We decided that we would. Uh, we got a co- we've got a company in now, and they're as uh, as we speak, they're about to dig the whole park up. There's a six foot difference from one corner flag to the, the, from the at the cemetery end to the bottom at the where the the bars and, and that are. So it's all going to get flattened, leveled. Um, we are putting a full barrier round about the part. The, the barrier round about the park's been there since oh for about 50, 60 years. So there's a new barrier going round about the park. We're bringing it in slightly so that we can have a training facility behind the uh, this at the cemetery end. So we're going to raise it up a bit while we've got the diggers in, and and so we're going to have everything that's needed. You know, that's uh, for a club going forward like Dapple. Before I, I go on, obviously you're investing this money, you've got investors, and it's absolutely fantastic. It's, honestly, it's great for, for the game. Before I kind of go on to you and find out where you want to take Darvel, can I rewind you back to how you got involved in Darvel and, and, and what you're, I know you're an Ayrshire man, uh, yeah. I know you're a Kilmarnock man. Yeah. Uh, how did you get involved in Darvel? For, for the people who don't know Darvel, I mean, it's a tiny village of a population of how many? About five, six thousand. Yeah, so how did you kind of get involved in that? Well, I, I was born and brought up in Galston, which is, you know, two towns down from Darvel. And Darvel, and your mills and Galston boys, we, we all went to this, the same school, so Loudoun Academy. So we're, there's always a connection, Galston. It's the only team in the valley. So my son um, started playing with Darvel uh, six, seven years ago now. And it was just about the time when I had uh, the fallout with Kilmarnock Football Club. Um, about the name Kelly Pie, so we were having quite a spat about it. And then when I get notice, um, I decided to go every week. And um, when I get notice to finish my contract to come on, I decided to go every week and watch my son Fraser playing for Darvel. And uh, uh, in the summer, the owner of the club come up and, he's, uh, and he handed me the keys and he says, "Yeah, got on with." It. And I'm going, oh, what did I do here? And it was like, there was eight really old guys, like most junior clubs had at the time. And I said, right, I'm going to go for this. And then the first season, we got the manager together, we got a few players together. And the first season, we get promoted for the first time in 35 years. And I said, this is easy, guys. You know, <laughs> this is easy. Promoted. Uh, and then it's, it's just really moved on for them. Um, my son left the club. Um, but I've, I've, I've stuck in and I love it now 
um, yes, I still go to Kilmarnock games um, when I can, um, maybe midweek Sunday games, things like that. Um, I'm the strip sponsor of Kilmarnock Football Club now, which I'm very proud of doing. But, you know, first and foremost, uh, foremost I've got Darvel to look after and uh, I've got an absolutely fantastic uh, committee, backroom team, the, the whole lot from the manager, his management team, the committee, they're so hard-working, it is unbelievable. The amount of work that they do, um, the, I, I live in Troon, which is about 15 miles away from Darville, and I'm hardly up at the club uh, as often now, mainly because my business has really took off uh, during the COVID times. But that's how I get involved, in, and I love it. And, you know, and, and Mick has said to me, he says, John, I hope you're not going to leave the club and... And do all that. I said, well, Mick, I hope you're not going to leave the club, you know. So we've kind of had a wee packed agreement there, but, you know, we will continue, both continue the club for as long as we can and get the club to as high a level as we can in the Scottish football, which would be the Scottish second division. Um, that is our aim, to get into the Scottish second division. Obviously, I know Mick well, and, and Mick's been great to me. Uh, he's been a great help. Uh, he's really passionate. What was your connection there in bringing Mick in? Was it just, did, did you know him prior to, to you taking Yes, it was, it was one of the guys in the club had heard about him, knew about him, and then he, he'd approached him, and then he'd come down to see me um, at the bakery. Uh, I wanted to come to the bakery to see, look at, look at this place, you know. And I didn't have dressing rooms at the time at Darrow, I didn't want to take him there. Um, so I, I took him to the bakery, showed him what I was all about and everything and that, and then I knew he was he was Mr. Black Rooster. And I said, all right, so with a connection, we're in the food game together. So it's just going to went from there. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I went to the Cobble Park games uh, to watch them. Um, and then I heard that some of their players might be coming to Darville. So I was more really interested in seeing some of the, the, the players. And Mick has brought his... He's a great enthusiasm into the club and um, he's a very very positive guy um, and so and his background team are just uh, great guys you know we, we, we all got on so well together it's like a, a dream come true with it all and you know none of us are going anywhere we're still go we're going to be there for a few years yet and you know we'll, we'll always live the dream we all do so let, let's see what happens you know and even if it takes two three four years to get to where we want to be, so be it, you know, it will, it will happen, you know, we're not going to be down in the dumps if we don't get promoted two years in the trot or three years in the trot, you know, but when it happens, it happens and we'll take that when it, when it comes. I've seen some, I mean, you said the Scottish second division there, John, but by that, do you mean the, do you mean the championship? Or do you mean League Two? I mean League Four, Tier Four. League Four, right, so... Uh, Mick has obviously been on the show here. He's talked about the ambitions of the club. Uh, whenever there's a team that's kind of arrives on the scene and maybe spending a bit of cash, mm -hmm. doing quite well, there's always you always get the knockers, don't you? And and you know you get yeah. you get people. People have been saying you know you're buying your way to success, you know, and mm -hmm. there's nothing to do. You know, the, the, the focus is on the cash. Paul and I have both spoken on the show. Since, since we yeah. started about how it's great to have a new name, some vibrancy, yeah. too many clubs that are stale, you know, it's just been part of yeah. Scottish football's problems over the years. 
what what do you say when people people say, oh, you know, Ian McShane's only going down there for the cash and and, and the yeah. Well, every player's got different circumstances. Why they like to kind of go down levels because of their, their personal lives and things. You know, so um, what would I say about that? Well, you know, it's 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 not all about the money. There is no doubt about that. I think um, being in a happy workplace, you may call it, um, is more than anything else. Um, I was with I was with one of the players yesterday, and he was saying, "He says, John, he says the, the the players at our club now is it's unbelievable." And I know a lot of good good players out there who all want to come to Darwin, and um, because they can see what's happening, they can see the progress in the club. You can see the enthusiasm that we've got for it, you know. And it's definitely, it's definitely not all about the money. I reckon next season, um, next season, if the fans are back, everything like that, next season will will record uh, massive profits for the club, and that is where we're aiming to go to have massive profits at the club, so that we can invest more into the club, the, to upgrade the facilities even more, you know. Um, it's, it's uh, we, we want to be um, and where the briefings and the forfors and, and the Albion Rovers and things like that. That's who we want to be playing every week. And if you look at some of their grounds, especially like Forfar, um, which is a bit more modern than, than some of the other ones, that's that's what we want at Darvo. We want more covered terracing for fans to come along every week, spending the money. Um, so that that's that's where we're going to go as a club. But it's not all about what players are getting paid I can assure you we're not the best players in the league in our league there is no way in the combined total for a season so we'll get the crowds in next season we're challenging whatever league we may be in next season I don't know what's happening there um, so we will we will be up there and uh, we will be make good profit to invest back into the football club so it's uh, it's not no longer relying on John Gall or Brownings and Bakers to, to to fund the club. That's that's that will be a thing of the past now from from next season. We have spoken on the show about the money and stuff like that, but all the people that will knock and all the people that will criticise would welcome that kind of investment and investors into their club. Is the fact that maybe yeah. don't they maybe don't have it, John? Do you feel when you look at a League Two being Tier Four that a lot of teams have had this comfort zone, I've mentioned it on the show before, this comfort zone of, you know, we're not going to get relegated this year mm-hmm. and, and I've really stood still. So when you see somebody like Darvo coming, then yeah. I think it's exciting. It's exciting stuff and I think everybody should welcome it. And I think everybody should welcome the West of Scotland League and the East of Scotland League and the new pyramid system because mm-hmm. for me, marketed right and promoted right, this is going to be amazing for Scottish football. I think it's going to be brilliant for Scottish football. You just need to look at it what's happened in England over the years. When I was a young boy, um, you know, growing up, the teams who are in the, the National League in England now, they were they were football league teams, you know. But when they've done it, it's, it's a wake-up call to all the other clubs. And why shouldn't Kelty get promoted, you know? Kelty have got um, a fantastic um, facilities up there. Uh, you know, they've got Bar- Barry Ferguson running the team and why shouldn't they get a chance to play the bottom team and, the, the, you know, uh, no need to play the Highland League team first, but um, for the chance to get into the, the, the league 
And I think they were hard done by last season that they never got the chance to have the playoff to eventually play Breaking City. Breaking got off with it last season. But that's all the teams at like the Celtics and the Darvels and the Ocker Lake Talbots, Pollocks of this world, co-winning. We're all gunning for all these clubs, the Albion Rovers and the Forfers and, and, and Breakings. You know, but that's, that's what we are doing now because we, we feel as if we've got a place in the, the top four divisions in Scotland. We all think that we'll, we'll have just as big a support, if not bigger, than them. So why shouldn't we get a chance, you know? What's your take on the playoffs, John, in terms of, you know, you invest money into then to, to go down to that, you know, you, you can you can you can go through the season and win every single game and it comes down to that one game at the end of the season. What's your thoughts on the playoffs? Do you, do you, do you believe in them? Yeah, it's 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 really um, it's a difficult time for the teams who are involved in it, you know, because it's 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 a especially the team who could come down because it's a massive dent like East Stirling, Berwick Rangers, and you know, look where they are now, they're struggling. Um, and they're finding it hard as the English teams when they drop out of League 4 in England they go into the National League they find it very very hard to get back up again but well done to the progressive teams who have put some money into the club and the, the infrastructures of the club and, and want to move on and get up a bit so I, yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be very difficult to, to all of a sudden win the league and then not get promoted because you get say you get beat from Brora Rangers in the Highland League in the playoff. Um, uh, sorry that that would be for the for the for the Lowland League for Kelty, you know, um, it'd be very very difficult for Brora or Kelty not to get promoted. But I, I would definitely say they would beat the bottom team in in League Two. A few years back, John, we obviously saw Gretna come up a different route. And kind of they, yeah. were, they were spending a big cash, didn't have a big, mm-hmm. didn't have a big kind of fan base, and and you know we obviously know how that ended. What, do do you feel the kind of the infrastructure you're putting in place at Darvel is? I mean, you mentioned earlier there it will get to a point where it's not relying on yourself and Browning's the Bakers, whereas obviously Gretna forever relied on Brooks Marson, didn't they? Is that where you differ? Do you think? Yeah, well, I don't know the really the background to to Gretna. I just know it was Miles that was involved in it all. Um, I, I know everything about Darvel. I know where all the money is, where the money's coming from, and the money we can generate. Uh, you know, I've got the most sponsor boards in, in, in the lower league Scottish football, you know, um, and that's a lot of the connections from my business. So it wasn't me that put the money in. It's, uh, it's companies who are involved with Brownings who have helped us out there. Uh, I've got a lot of good friends. Um, you know, my good friend, Alan McLeese from QTS. Yes. So he... It was Alan that got me to sponsor Kilmarnock Football Club because he had said to me, I'm with Alan most days of the week. And he said, John, what a perfect match. Local, you know, local company. You're a Kilmarnock supporter. We'll get your name on that strip. He says, I'm coming off it now. I said, OK, if I'm coming off, if you're coming off Kilmarnock and I'm going on to Kilmarnock, you're going on to Darvel. <laughs> so I've got QTS now, one of the biggest companies in Scotland, sponsoring Darvel. And Alan gets past Darvel on the way to his work. He only lives along the road from me. He gets past going to the head office every day. So, yeah, we've got plenty of sponsors. We're, we're, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it really is exciting times. I'm, I'm, and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. You know, um, 
I've got, um, I've got, you know, busy, busy time at, at the bakery, but you know, this is my wee sideline and my, and my, my Darvo, and it's uh, I love it. The first thing I done when when we come into Darvo was the old boy said to me, right, John, you've got to register the strip for next season. I says, oh, he says, we're always playing a blue top, white shorts and red socks. And I said, oh, wait a minute, guys, come on. There'll be no blue, red and white in Darvo. It's blue, 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 white and blue from now on. So we changed it to, uh, which is, to me, is a commander colours. So I said, uh, and that's the first thing that I done when I moved in. That was the first decision I made at Darvo. Right? Yeah. So and I know there's, oh, that's, and all the old boys are going, these things happen in football, you know. <laughs> I think for our listeners as well, just being here with John and the passion in his face, it really is all about the journey here. There's no just, you know, they say that it's not about the destination, yeah. is it? Getting there. And clearly you guys are having an absolute ball doing it. Mm -hmm. One thing I would say as well, and, and I think where you're going to get a crowd is, from my own point of view, if I, if I wasn't involved in, in new mains and I was looking for a game on a Saturday, I'd be so intrigued to go down to Darvel just to yeah. find out what's going on down there. You must have a lot of people, you know, now subscribing uh, mm. social media follows and stuff like that, just to really find out what's going on there. Yeah, big things are happening with it all. And, and you know, I'm a Goldstone boy, and when we were at school, Goldstone didn't like the Darvel boys, you know, didn't go and meet each other and things like that. But um, we all know each other, and, and we are getting a, quite a, a support up from Goldstone New Mills as well as the Darvel people. But uh, as you say, Paul, there's a lot of people out there who are saying, I'm going to the Darvel game in Saturday. I've heard a lot about this team. I want to see what's happening. And, you know, and we will do now. We've got the floodlights and perfect example is we will, we'll be playing games on a Friday night. And it's and, no, no for the football hour I go. You, you, you don't look like this for just looking at the pies. Oh, John. yeah. <laughs> pies are very good. I can assure you that, yeah. So, you know, but we will... <clears throat> We all have Friday night games. We played Hurlford, uh, the first game with um, Mick in charge. And we played Hurlford at Darville, and it was the biggest crowd at Darville for years. And it was a Friday night, and it was only because of the hype of where we were saying we were going to go as a club. Uh, it was in a fantastic night. <clears throat> it was, uh, we get beaten penalties, but... Um, We'll not talk about that anymore, but uh, I had words with Mick that night. I said, Mick, first game, we've not got off to a good start, have we, mate? You know, so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, these things happen in football. We, you know, we, we, we take the good times, we take the bad times. Being a Kilmarnock supporter all my life, I've had plenty of bad times. So, John, do you think, you know, the Friday night game was a success for you? Do you see there being more of these games and do you see that being a, a way to attract crowds into, into, the, into the games? Yeah, definitely Friday nights is a, is a way forward for us. Um, now, now we've got the floodlights, we'll be going for that. Um, we'll need to see what happens with with the COVID and you know the pandemic and everything like this. But well, hopefully we can get a few Friday night games. Uh, it's all about the other team uh, wanting to play on, as well, which can be a bit of a trouble. Um, but... The Friday night's the way forward for us because it's a way, you know, that there's no live games on on a Friday night at the same in, like, with the SPL. Um, if Kilmarnock or Rangers and Celtic are all playing and, and the Saturday uh, afternoon it affects all work crowds and lower level football. 
So if we could get a Friday night game, I'm sure we would uh, get bigger crowds and definitely that's what we want to try and do. You, you mentioned, just to finish off this section of the show, John, you mentioned the American guy you've got um, who's investing in the club. I presume, I mean, is, is he wanting to just stay in the background and doesn't want to be front and centre at all? Yeah, he's, he's, he's quite happy to stay in the background and he's, he's not wanting anything back from us. But when he was a young boy, he used to go to the Darvo games and he used right. to get a lift over. And he used to get a, a, go in the, the bus to the away games, the team bus to the away games and... Um, he always got a fish supper bottle on the way back home and, and things like that. And he's never forgotten that. And he's when he's seen the rise of Darville again, he contacted me and he decided that he would, uh, and him and his wife, invest into the club every year now. So so he's he's Scotland-born, but America, moved to America yeah, when he was very young. he's a Darville young. man, yeah. Right. He's a Darville man, yeah. And he's made his money in America, which is uh, very good. I guess that, I mean, it's not some random guy either then. There is a true link there. I mean, again, it goes back to what we were talking about, money being invested in the club and people coming from outside. But yeah, Darvel boy. Darvel's yeah, yeah, we've been in touch with another few investors as well. So hopefully in time we can report something back on that as well. And it's uh, every bit of money that comes in for the investors goes back into the facilities at the club to help um, to make it a better experience for people coming, to make it safer for people to come to games, you know. Um, but that's the money The money we get from everywhere else uh, goes in the facilities at the club. My name's Jamie Sanderlands, manager of Whitburn Juniors. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Now here's Roach's Roundup with Kelburnie Lateside assistant boss, Des Roach. We start this week's Roundup up in SPFL League 2 and specifically Albion Rovers, where boss Brian Reed has added six new faces to his squad. Vastly experienced former Hearts, St Johnston and most recently Troon, striker Ryan Stevenson has arrived along with teammate James McGowan, who plays in central defence. The other new arrivals are Stenhouse Union midfielder Jamie McKernan, Flying Cowdenbeath wideman David Cox and defensive duo Paul Gallagher and Matt Sidesev who have both joined on loan from Pollock. Further up in SPFL League 1, Patrick Thistlewell have been busy as well. Returning for a fourth spell is fans favourite Chris Erskine who arrives from East Kilbride. Kilbeath's teammate Stephen Bell has also joined on loan as well as Andy Gagan from BSC. Bossy McCall has also landed two players on loan from Premiership clubs with striker Ross McKeever arriving from Motherwell and defender Adam Devine joining from Rangers. Cove Rangers, well, they've agreed a three-year extension with their talisman, Mitch Meganson. In the East of Scotland League, Tayport have convinced tricky wide player Lyle Shaw to remain at the club for a further two years. Manager Chris McPherson says that Lyle is a type of player that fans pay to watch. McPherson has also added versatile fullback and wide midfielder Sam Sanchez to squad for next season. The Spanish-born player has played professionally in his homeland as well as Norway, but most recently with Schoon Thistle. Finally, experienced Peterhead defender Gary McKenzie has hung up his boots. The ex-Rangers, Blackpool and St Burnman feels they've been plagued by injury and illness recently and just that it would be too big of an ass to get fit for the season to resume. We wish him well in his retirement. And for fans of all lower league teams, well good luck to you and your team's fortunes this week with the resuming fixtures on Saturday. And let's just hope it won't be too long until we all get back in the watch. Back over to you Paul, back over to you Gareth.
So we've spoken about your involvement at Darvel, John, but that wasn't where where football started for you, was it? Kilmarnock came first? Yeah. Yeah, when I was a wee boy, my my grandpa and my, my dad used to take me to the Kelly games, you know, and I can remember back in the... I'm coming up in 57 now, can remember back in the very early 70s, been at the games, and I've just always been a Kilmarnock supporter. My family... We're all Kilmarnock supporters, the whole Brownings family. Um, and, you know, I've got grandsons as well. And the, the, the first trip they got was the, the Kelly strip with the Brownings in the front of it. So I was proud as punch to be the sponsor of the team that I've followed all my life. And uh, I've been to many uh, European places with uh, uh, watching Kilmarnock, I've been at the Scottish Cup win, I was at the League Cup win against Celtic. Um, so I, I've, been, uh, I've been down in the old second division when Kilmarnock was down there. We beat 5-0, uh, we beat Queen of the South 5-0 and we still get relegated that day down at Palmerston. And in the next season, it was the George McCluskey era, they were all playing for Kelly then and uh, it, was, it was fantastic. Dave McKinnon, a good friend of mine now, Dave. And he scored the penalty that, that we beat Cowden Beath to get promoted out that league. But, you know, we all go back years and kill him man through and through. Yeah, always will be. And it's, uh, it runs through the blood of the, the Brownings family. You mentioned, uh, obviously, when it came to leave your involvement at Kamarnock over the, the pie and everything, and I think Michael Johnson was, in the, was the, the chairman at the time, it, it probably could have been quite easy to sour your feelings towards them but I guess when you've been involved that length of time that was that was never going to happen well I never thought Michael was the right man for the club um, and unfortunately I was a bit outspoken at the time but and I knew that I would lose the contract that I'd done for 15 years supplying uh, the catering uh, at the football club but I, I decided that it was in the best interest of Kilmarnock Football Club that I spoke up and uh, I, I feel as if I was I, I was part of the reason that he left the club. That the club is now in better hands with Billy Bowie, my good friend Billy. I uh, I know looking at it, it doesn't look like it, but yeah, we do go to the same gym every morning. <laughs> not not at the moment, but you know uh, when we do, but, uh, you would think you just eat pies, but no, no, we would probably go to the gym every morning. Billy's a good friend of mine, and I was delighted that it was myself and Billy who were in the photos of the, the day that we, they, were, they released the, the, the new strip for next season, for this season, sorry. Were you going to come in, Paul? Yeah. And I'm going to touch on that, that famous pie, because uh, I watch the adverts, and, and I see yourself on the adverts. Has this brought you, brought you fame, John? Is it... You get recognised in the street now? Yeah, it was actually amazing because I, I, I remember I was in Turkey on holiday a couple of years ago and I was just sitting at the wee bar having a beer and there was these four, two old couples from Glasgow that were sitting there and one of them says, oh son, I know you if you're somewhere. And I said, hey, what do you do? And I said, oh, I just got a bakery come. That's you, you're, you're the chilli pie man, you know? And I was sitting there going, Oh, for God's sake, I was in Turkey, aye, so then we started talking about, you know, because of the two old women that done their home baking at home, we talked about cakes and pancakes and pies and all that for ages, you know. But, you know, the pies, 
the pies are uh, we're, we're doing pies for a lot of football teams now um, through other parties down, especially down uh, England so it's not just uh, Kilmarnock that we're doing pies now um, and of course it's uh, we've done one of the cruise ships they, they, they took 37,000 pies on the one journey uh, and they come back and they say that was the best pies we've ever had we want you to do all the cruise ships in our fleet no problem and then COVID came. So <laughs> there's been no sense. So we've got all that to get back to. We've got a few um, places in, in, in London that we, we want to get back in touch with again to supply pies to, you know, and then as well as I've got a big customer base in Scotland that, that's, that takes my pies, you know. Uh, everybody knows that the, my pies are in Aldi, they're in Spar, they're in Scotland, they're in... Uh, there'll be Morrison's, uh, Waitrose, Asda. So, you know, and, and one of the good things I got no long back there was I started supplying Marks and Spencers with tatty scones, you know, so that, that was quite a good feather in my cap with it all. And I'm going to come in on the potato scone scene. I bought a potato, my wife likes a potato scone, and she nah. bought them the weekend. This is, this is a true story. I don't. I actually don't know if I like a potato scone. I don't know whether I really like them, John, or whether I don't like them. Do you know that? Uh -huh. Ah, well, she doesn't a roll. <laughs> we did a survey on Facebook to say what are these, and everybody says they're tatty scones. Ta every person, tatty scones, tatty scones. So we made the decision to change the name to tatty scones. So and everybody's still calling them potato scones in the wrapper. We're the only company that's out there that's actually called them. Tatty scones, you know, so you, you'll know it's mine because it says tatty on it and not potato. And that's just a kind of West Coast thing, and it? it's tatty oh. scones. I, I, I was reading, John, I think, is it your, your Brownings was started by your grandparents in 1945 or around about that time? Yeah. And I mean, uh, yeah. I, I know obviously there's a heritage and history there with the family and all that kind of thing, but you know, were you taught how to bake when you were a kid? And, and I mean, well, what, what do you like in the kitchen with a wooden spoon and a bowl? Can you make? Or was it? Did you yeah, well, it was my mum. I remember my mum was always making stuff like that at home. You know, uh, she would be the cook. But uh, no, I've I've never really been into it. Yeah, I like making nice dinners and things like that, but not any bakery, not any baking at home. You know, yeah, my grandfather started the business, and I remember when he died um, in the nineteen eighties. And my grand was going through a drawer, and in 1965, he donated £100 to Hurlford Hurlford United. <laughs> and my grand said, he kept that a secret all his life. Now, £100 in those days was a lot of money. He put it into Hurlford United, this is all well. Now, God forbid anything happens to you, John, what they got to find in your drawer? How much did oh, you... Oh, no, no. <laughs> well... <laughs> you know, Paul, I'm a single man, so you, know, you never know what you find in my drawers, I'll tell you. <laughs> what, what, what is the secret of the pies then, John? I mean, you've obviously done tremendously well on that kind of side of things. You give us the examples about the cruise ships, but I mean, I, I saw you had the best football pie, gold for apple pie, sausage roll, steak and haggis pie. I'm a vegetarian. I like the sound of the sweet potato and lentil coma, which took the silver. I must admit, I quite fancy that. Yeah. What's the secret with all these, John? I think the secret is, you know, you demand um, quality at all times, you know. Got it was one of my guys, uh, Charlie Calder, 
31 years in the company and he retired today. So we had a great send-off for him. So I had him in the office this morning for breakfast and we had sat the coffee and the rolls and sausage and things and the bacon and all that. Sitting out the this morning we were talking to him and he says, John, I can't believe where we've been. And he even said to me, he says, you know where we've been there, John? He says, because the quality of our products are second to none. Right, and that's what I put out there. I'm very, very uh, hurt when somebody comes back to me and says, that pie I had last week wasn't very good, you know, and I said, what was wrong with things like that? So the quality uh, process that we go through throughout the company, whether it's rolls, pancakes, tatty scones or pies or anything like that, um, we even make our own sliced sausage for our own shops. We make 20,000 slices of sausage a month. That's how many rolls and sausages we sell. And the, the sausage, um, you know, my own butcher makes the sausage in, in, the fa- in the pie factory. And even when we were doing that, it was like, I asked all the guys, go out and get your best sausage. Who's got the best sausage? They all come back with these ones. We picked out the best one. And I said to my butcher, match that. And that's what we've done. And I feel as if my sausage is, is one of the best you can get on, on the market now. And we sell a hell of a lot of it online now um, on the uh, mail order. And it's most of it's going to England, eight packs. And we'll be apply for the job, John, to taste these sausages. <laughs> oh, I tell you, it's, it's great. It's, that's the best part of the job, you know. Um, the best part of the job, last week we had a lot of nice pies getting made. Um, it was all, well, there was a... All different types of meat, you know, um, with them. It was uh, we had steak and haggis, we had steak and black puddings, we had steak and this, and it was just an improvement in the current products that we make. We're trying to make them better, and that's what we try and achieve all the time. Um, I get a good hand from a, it's a top chef. He's a top chef in London, Paul Gaylor, MBE, and he came up one day and he made nineteen pots of different fillings for pies put them into the pies, and then that day we had 18 pies to eat in the boardroom, right? It was a hard day, I'll tell you. Uh, but it was, that's, that's, that's what we do. That's why I'm this size getting. And, um, but it's uh, brilliant. I love it. I love every minute of it. And, it's, um, and if I can put a lot of my business experience into Darvo, which is this is what I'm doing, I've done it with Brownings all my life, now doing it with Darvo, and I can see it, it's all starting to, to gel together now. Just the last question, Mick Kennedy's favourite pie? Oh, well, Mick's, been, well, Mick's gave us some uh, peri-peri chicken stuff and to uh, try, a, and he was at me last week again, John, have you done that peri-peri pie yet? You know, so, uh, so we're going to have a peri-peri chicken pie, and we'll have that, you know, my my kids are opening up a black rooster restaurant in the Belfield Tavern in Kilmarnock soon. Um, so that will be one to aim for, get a, a black rooster peri-peri chicken pie in the Kilmarnock one first before the rest. But, um, that, you know, it's uh, mix some guy. He's just a um, great guy. Uh, He's, he, the restaurant speaks for itself. It's first class. He's in there all the time, helping out and, and, and doing things like that. And he, he's just the type of guy that I love working with uh, on, on a daily basis. You know, he phones me most nights of the week just to say, "Yeah, uh, right, John, how you getting on?" You know, 
and and when we have a we have a great rapport with each other, and that's the, the, the to me that's the, the most important thing. My name's Tommy Sloan, Auchinleck Talbot manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Before we finish up, we'll clear up the Down the Divisions decider. Just a reminder of the clues. I'm looking for the team from League One down that has the same nickname as a type of car. They had a season in the 70s where they went unbeaten on their way to winning the league title. They won the Scottish Junior Cup for the first time in 2014. And then in the following season, they lost a penalty shootout 13-12 in the Scottish Senior Cup. So John's pretty confident here. So we'll go with Paul first, Paul. No, I'm, I'm now, I'm now back there because I'm thinking, name me a car, Talbot. And then and I just listened to what you said and it was the first trophy in 2014. So it's no the Talbot. So I don't know. John? The only one I have to think of was Shorts Bonacord. No, wrong as well. It was Hilford. The nickname's Ford. In 1972-1973, under Davy Snedden, they went the entire league campaign undefeated en route to the Ayrshire First Division title. John, disappointed in you? Oh, Glen my Af- friend Wally Hamill owns the club as well. Ah, they beat Glen Afton 3-0 in the, Scottish Cup, in the Scottish Junior Cup final and then they lost 13-12 on penalties against Stirling Albion the following season. So they did. That's right. Oh, uh, yeah, brings a bell now. My, my local team... Actually, Brownings was um, been in, it was based in Hurlford for about 30 years, and I moved it from Hurlford to Kilmarnock. So I've got a soft spot, spot for Hurlford. My, you know, my, my grandfather had put the money into Hurlford and things like that, and uh, and it's uh, one of the boys I went to school with. He's my class in school with Wally Hamilton. He's the he's the main man at, um, at Hurlford, and I'm the I'm the main man at Darvel. So we got in very well to get with each other. Yep. He's a good, a good guy, Wally. Superb, John. Thank you for, for being with us uh, this week on the show. Really enjoyed the, the stories. Yeah, thanks, guys. We, uh, we wish you well when uh, when next season comes around and hopefully uh, hopefully we have a proper season next season and you continue taking off the way you have been. But uh, appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Really good of you, John. You know what we always say, guys? Watch, watch this space. Watch this space. Thanks again to our sponsors, 44 Creative. Go to www.44creativehq.com if you're looking for a photographer, graphic designer, videographer or video editor. And don't forget, you can get in touch with us with your comments or suggestions for people to speak to or if you'd like your club's audio featured on the show. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com That's downthedivisions at gmail.com or you can get in touch via Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Do leave a comment which helps others find us and subscribe to get alerts when our latest episode is released. We'll be back next Friday on Down the Divisions.